0: Testing 1 2. Testing 1 2. Um no, you got to come closer to the mic.
1: Testing 1 2. Testing 1 2. Oh yeah. How's that?
0: Uh just before we get started, I forgot my charger to my service. <laughs> <surface. laughs> it has full battery, but
1: But we can't go on for 3 hours.
0: No, we can't go on for 3 hours. So, um this is also a test of a Microsoft product to see how long you can record uh with all of your power saving settings turned off because you can't have a fall asleep. See episode one. (laughs) Okay, so you want to jump right in? Let's go. Welcome, I guess, to the fourth episode of Think Twice. Think Twice. Today we're going to be spending some time talking about Kodak. I'm excited to talk about this company, especially because one of the first ever digital cameras I had was a Kodak. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I had the Kodak EasyShare, which I think the whole idea behind the product was that it was easy to take digital photos and then upload them onto your computer. I still remember having to install the CD software on my mom and my dad and my grandma and my grandpa's (laughs) computers and all of my relatives as well. So I don't know if it was that easy to share, but I think I got it for a birthday present when I was, I don't know, middle school age maybe.
1: Now what year would that have been? Ooh roughly
0: uh 2003 or four okay i think was about when i when i when i got it i think it's
1: impressive that they called it the easy share like yeah they they got it right that's consistent with their business and their mission right
0: yeah yeah the uh the founder george eastman i think is his name Mm -hmm. the founder of kodak he would always say you push the button let us do the rest It was interesting doing some research on Kodak before we did this show. They highlighted that when they created the Easy Share, they did that because they had done a lot of marketing with women, primarily the picture takers of that time. And women had said that they didn't like digital cameras because it was so difficult for them right. to upload the cam- the photos to their computers.
1: Right. We've come a long way. You know, I not surprisingly um, yeah. have a lot of experience with Kodak. I grew up with Kodak, loved Kodak and photography, um, had cameras my entire life growing up. And I became more of an enthusiast as I went into uh, into college and then after college when I could actually afford a, a good camera. But I think partly driving that was my oldest brother was a is a professional photographer, and, and sort of had that sentiment within our family. But when I started traveling, you know, going off in the military after college, it was a time to actually try to document that incredible experience with great photos. And I loved film photography. I just everything about it. I absolutely loved. And I switched to digital in about 2003, 2004 and was really disappointed with the quality of photos that were coming off the cameras at the time. Within a few years, I ended up with a Canon EOS digital and a really, you know, high quality digital SLR camera that delivered on what I expected out of a camera. So I've I've not looked back.
0: Right. One of the things that I remember most vividly about having a film photo is the when I would take the film to Rite Aid or CVS, you would get that uh, little that little yellow envelope. And inside was all of your photos that you may or may not have completely screwed up. It was up.
1: exciting, right? Because you wondered if it if was going to be a good photo.
0: In your case, you probably had confidence that it was a good photo, having a lot of... Uh, Eventually. Ex- yeah. yeah. <laughs> having a lot of people in your life who, who did this professionally. For me, myself, it was much a case of how disappointed am I going to be? <laughs>
1: Occasionally, I'd have a drunk roommate who took a selfie yes. of himself using a regular camera, but yeah. but mostly, yeah, the pictures came out. But it was an exciting time because you never knew what was going to be on the camera, and you were hoping you got the shots you wanted.
0: I love that we're talking right now about the printing of photos because I think that's what Kodak so often is the poster child of in many business case examples and many types of industry examples where you hear about companies that rise to the top and then ultimately fail. And a lot of times the case case or what is studied with Kodak is their fall in the film industry. So for those that aren't familiar, film was incredibly profitable for Kodak. They would operate off of the razor blade model which is that they would sell cameras for very inexpensive sometimes having very razor thin margins on these cameras and they would make tons of money on the film. And so Kodak as a company was massively profiting off of the off of the film and at their during their heyday which was I think in the early 80s they had 140,000 employees, market cap of 30 billion dollars. I mean they were on Fortune lists, they were on Forbes lists, they had a mass, their headquarters was a massive, uh, basically, city in Rochester, New York. And so a lot of times people are asking the question, well, how did Kodak fall? And that's traditionally attributed to the rise of digital cameras in the early 2000s and the uh, the onset of the smartphone which would ultimately completely disrupt printing off pictures
1: you know uh, to put it in a context that was not that long ago it was not that long ago Kodak was rocking around 140,000 employees in 1996 20 years later here we are
0: yeah absolutely one of the things that I found most interesting as I was researching Kodak is how often people say oh well Kodak was just victim to the rise of the digital camera What people don't often cite is that Kodak themselves were actually the inventors of the digital camera. And it was not a swing and miss for Kodak on the digital camera revolution. In fact, Kodak licensed out the digital camera technology and made billions of dollars on digital cameras. So it's not necessarily that they completely missed the wave on this whole thing. I think it's an issue for the company culture and how they prioritized things.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So, the reason why we're talking about Kodak today is that they've recently made a lot of waves, I would say, in the media with a couple new product offerings that they've come out with. And a few of them have caught my eye, specifically because I'm interested in using their services. And a few of them have caught my eye because it's really interesting to see Kodak making this type of shift. The first thing that caught my eye was Kodak Moments, it's an app that's out for, I believe, Android and iOS. That allows you to upload photos from Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, your photo library, or even take photos directly within the Kodak Moments app. And what you can do is you can print them at a local printing shop and send them directly to your house for free. So for you to take a picture or take an existing Instagram photo and get that printed out on a three by four type of photo paper and send that to your house, I think it's like $1.89 or something. Being a photographer a little bit myself, and by photographer, I mean I try and throw Instagram photos up there and hope for maybe around 50 likes, but being a photographer myself, I've recently gotten into printing off pictures and hanging them around my house. I think it's a, a great way to make your house or apartment look good, and it's fond memories for yourself. I go and do that at FedEx right now, and I print off these 8x12 photos. It cost me $5 per In order to not save myself a trip to FedEx, I can get it for cheaper through the Kodak Moments um, experience or through the Kodak Moments app, which I think is pretty phenomenal. I think that's a good use of their existing brand name to provide a service to people that is somewhat necessary.
1: That's cool. And they're living up to their mission, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're living up to their mission of you press the button and we do everything.
1: So what do you, do you think this is a big market that they're going after? Or do you think this is a niche market?
0: No, I don't, I don't think it's a big market. I think it is a niche market. I think that this will, this will generate some sale, but right now their current revenue from film business is about $200 million. It was about 10% of their overall revenue. I don't think that this is the thing that's going to bring Kodak back. No. I also don't think that this is the thing that says exactly, hey, this is what Kodak is in the future. Yeah. Um, the the CEO often talks about uh, an analog renaissance. I think this plays into that a little bit, but I don't think it'll have that big of an effect on their sales.
1: Now, I think he's referring to millennials and how they're maybe this, and maybe it's beyond millennials, maybe it's Generation Z, the the coming potential backlash against all things digital. Do you, think, uh, do you think that's a thing?
0: I think it's a thing. I think that if you look at how much volume the analog age demanded, when you think about the millions, if not billions of photos printed, I think there there's going to be a small blip from where it is at right now, but we are still massive far from where we were the past tense. And yeah. I think that this is something that's going to cost a premium because there's not massive scale like there used to be. So this isn't going to be something that's for the masses. And due to that, I think it'll be a small blip, but I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be massive.
1: Yeah, it feels like they're um, they're getting back to their core core business, trying to reassert their value and credibility with the um i I was gonna say audio files but the photo files i guess the the people who would appreciate the kind of quality that you get off of off a film product that you just don't get off digital
0: yeah that's why i think this is the perfect case for think twice if you think about what it is that the kodak moments app says to me for example is kodak makes things easier for me that's inherently what I'm attributing to the Kodak brand during this experience as I use the app. I think the app is phenomenal. I think it's a couple clicks and I can get a, seriously, it's just a couple clicks, the user interface is really nice and I can get a picture right to my doorstep. Thumbs up from me. The Mm. editing tools on how to make the photo look good, pale in comparison to even the free apps. It's they're not very good. Mm. But the fact that I can get a photo to my house is is what I think is good.
1: Well, maybe it will get there, right? So if they've made if this is a new initiative on, on their part, maybe they're going to get there.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um I don't think it's lost that right now their head of branding came to them from Beats Music. Mm. So I think that they're seeing this as a way to reestablish uh brand name that's core to what that original founder statement was of again you press the button we do the rest
1: well in that context let's talk about um their decision to stay involved in the super eight in the film business and continuing to serve the uh the independent or artsy um or artful filmmaker
0: yeah yeah i'm glad that you brought that up so this is another example of them serving what i would think to be somewhat of a niche market kodak right now is almost the sole producer of all film that's used in hollywood so when when i say film i'm referring towards the film that you typically see on the roll and when you think of the eight millimeter pictures that flick up and down maybe like a charlie chaplin type thing uh, that's just what it seems like to me um that as opposed to digital digital is much more of the recorded on an iphone if you will or recorded on a like a hard drive inherent to a camera and what people in hollywood believe is that the film shoots a much softer tone and creates a much more uh, connective environment for the viewer when they are watching the movie and because of this actually kodak has been able to find a niche within hollywood for this super ape product, the Super 8 film product. And recently they released a handheld camcorder that shoots only in Super 8.
1: Mm. It, it uh, From a strategy standpoint, nurturing kind of your industry leaders or industry thought leaders seems like a great place to start. And so Jeffrey Clark, who's uh, assumed the CEO role, what, about two years ago? Yeah, 2014. Uh, uh, really comes out of the tech industry in Silicon Valley and he's thinking about um, how to reinvent this company. That's what he does. He turns around companies um, he's going back to the core knitting of the company. How would you describe, you know, what that knitting is?
0: Yeah, it sounds like that Kodak is a scientific company that focuses on print. And when I say scientific company, if you look at the history of what they've done, it's been a lot of long development lead times using the scientific process. So essentially hypothesizing, experimenting, formulating a theory using long development lead times to come out with pretty revolutionary products. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is how they have approached the printing industry. You can look at that as an attributor to why they invented the digital camera, but ultimately why they weren't able to shift with the digital camera revolution is their culture is so inherent to science. And so when you think about them being able to create a product that is handheld Super A, which did not necessarily exist before, I think that's testament to their existing culture. What I think you point out that's also very interesting is Jeff Clark, being a guy from Silicon Valley, is very familiar with the fail-fast methodology. And so for them to release a product that might not necessarily be the most groundbreaking or might be something to where they're just testing the waters and that's what i kind of see this super eight handheld product being a little bit is something a little bit of what you're starting to see of that merger between scientific printing and silicon valley a little bit Mm
1: -hmm. yeah he also has um a great deal of experience doing uh, partnerships and M&A. I think he, he was behind the uh, Compaq and HP merger years ago. I think he co-led that, uh, that integration. And, um, and so he's got to be thinking ahead about what platforms Kodak needs to create uh, to scale. Uh, that's one of the defining features of a lot of the modern tech businesses, right? They're creating platforms. You know, one of the interesting stats that I've, I found along the way was that you know, at its peak, we said Kodak had 140,000 employees, and it, when it went bankrupt in 2012, it had 14,000 uh, employees, and um, a dramatic, dramatic drop. But even more startling is Instagram. When you look at Instagram, the same year sold for a billion dollars, uh, relative to a bankrupt Kodak, only had 13 employees. Uh, so these platforms that arise that create tremendous value. I think about somebody coming out with Jeff's you know, Jeff's experience. What's he thinking about as a as the central platform? Is it film? Is it is it really anchored in film and technology?
0: So this is what I'm most interested about and what, quite frankly, I haven't really articulated for myself yet. I think they look at the printing movement as Jeff speaks to it. And when they talk about the printing movement, they're talking about the maker revolution. So 3d printing at home manufacturing of things. They're looking at the, this analog Renaissance that's somewhat around printing, making tangible goods for people who value them more. And to me, the central platform for them as Jeff sees it is more focused around printing as the central platform. If you are going to take a digital image and you are going to create that into something tangible, the chances right now are that you are going to print that in some way. And I think they want to try to be a reputable name in that space. That to me is the, the area that they're pursuing. What I find really interesting is how they are pursuing that. And to me, it doesn't look like they're going to be pursuing that from how you would traditionally think about a printing manufacturer. They're almost presented. They're almost pursuing that in accordance with how you would think about an intellectual organization or an institution that specializes in almost consultative.
1: More like an IBM.
0: Yes. Yes. More like an IBM.
1: It's interesting to think about Kodak in the context of IBM if they're a technology-based company and they're, they're looking at uh, sort of consulting and moving towards a more services-oriented model. Uh, one of the things we know about, about Kodak is they sit on about 6,000 patents, which is a lot. Uh, do you have any, I, I didn't run across any references to what was in that patent portfolio. Do you know? Did you see anything?
0: I'm not entirely sure what's currently in it, but I can tell you that they sold off a lot of it. During bankruptcy, they sold off about $500 million worth of patents to companies like Google, to Android, to even Instagram and Apple. So when they were going under, they sold off a fair share of their patents that I can only imagine played very heavily in the digital space, especially when you think about the companies that were buying those up. So I'm not entirely sure what is in their 7,000 patents. What I can tell you is that they are a pretty vertically integrated company. And so because of that, they are indirectly affecting About 85% of everything that is printed on paper right now. So they have ink chemicals business. They have silver business that works to dilute silver into printable materials. They They work on toner dyes. They work on supplying paper in some instances. And now with this Kodak Moments piece, I think it's another foray into another distribution market for them to get not only their brand name out there, but help get some of their products out there.
1: So we've talked about the, uh, the new app. We've talked about the Super 8 film and sort of regrounding themselves in the film science world. Let's talk about the third announcement, which uh, came out today, which is the re-release of a camera uh, uh, from the past called the Kodak Ektra. Uh, there's only speculation about it right now, not real clarity about what it's going to be, but the speculation is that it's actually a smartphone. Uh, but a camera-first smartphone for photo enthusiasts. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I think the most encouraging thing about this is that they very, very clearly define it as a photo-first camera. I think that's extremely smart of them. When you look at all of these different companies that have tried and failed to get into the smartphone arena, a lot of the times it's because they haven't focused on the one thing that makes them great see Amazon Fire, see Windows Phone. So I'm encouraged by the fact that this is a phone that they have themselves prescribed as a photos-only phone. I won't buy it probably because it's a photos-only phone. I mean, for me, it's the, when you look at something like the iPhone 7 or you look at um, even these new wave of phones that come out, it more than meets what my needs are. However, you look at the specs on this thing and the camera on it is pretty impressive. So um I think it's a 2.0 2. yeah yep. 2.0 aperture lens which is fantastic right now for smartphone camera standards so bravo to them for putting that in there but I I just I I understand this as being another play into the area where they are improving their brand. They're getting more distribution to their customers by getting other getting more Kodak things into relevant hands. Again, I don't think that this is going to create the intended blip on the radar that Kodak is potentially looking for with this
1: yeah i just i can't imagine that the market for this is a as a phone that someone who would be willing to um forego all the benefits of a traditional smartphone even though it's on an android platform i think it it theoretically provides access to a lot of applications it's not likely to be as great a phone as it's going to be a camera um and so it feels once again it's like it's it's targeted for a niche market to reassert their credentials as a, a photo first company uh, but it might be a novelty for a photographer. I could see my brother seeing something like this, uh, whether Kodak has the credibility for a professional photographer to to grab onto this versus Apple who most photographers right. are, uh, are Apple users. I don't know, I don't know if it'll go there.
0: As I'm thinking twice about this though, what I what I really enjoy about this is this to me screams fail fast methodology this to me really screams that Jeff Clark is getting the company to at least perform in some of the manner that he's hoping for them to do. For him to come in in 2014, and then in 2016, release a photo own, uh, a photo first phone on an Android operating system. I mean, it's not like they redesigned their own operating system for them. And right. I'm sure that they, they only have 6,500 employees. So I'm sure that they didn't design the chipset in this phone. I'm sure that they probably worked through partnerships around that, but for them just to even dip their toes into these waters and and look at it and say, okay, is this something that has legs for us? You know, is, I would be really interested to hear or sit in on a board meeting and understand what to them success looks like with this product launch because maybe it's only, hey, if we sell 50,000 of these things, thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's figure out something better. But if not, we put a bunch of old technology in it from a software standpoint and we didn't dump a whole lot of R and D money into it. Like we know that this isn't a, This isn't a consumer market. So I'm super encouraged. Um, And I think that that's a good sign for them as a company for to dip their toes into something like this. Again, I hope they didn't spend a ton of money on R&D because I don't think this is selling millions of units.
1: I think it's interesting though, as we start to now step back and say, okay, if if they've created this new phone, this new photo first phone, they've created uh, a deeper engagement in film science, and now they've got the consumer application and the direct to consumer uh, business of shipping analog analog photos. It looks like they're trying to build a, pl- a new platform on which to grow the Kodak business. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I would, and it, it, it does. It's starting to materialize for me more and more. I just I don't understand exactly what that central uh, what that central core product. That Kodak creates it.
1: It's interesting since we agreed on doing this podcast. This you know this camera shows up on Kodak's website. So, in looking at their website today, it's it's got this um, this quote on there. It says, "Be moved, uh, motion. It moves you. It can take you places you've been before, places you've never been, places you've always wanted to go. It's magic. That captures kind of the ethos of of, uh, of Kodak. It reminds me of a a film clip." Do you know which one I'm thinking about?
0: Oh, yeah, the Mad Men one. Mad the, the Don Draper one, right?
1: One of my all-time favorite episodes of Mad Men was the Carousel episode where Don Draper is is bringing forward his idea for a campaign for this new product, the Carousel, which uh, the folks at Kodak, at least in the film, wanted to call the wheel. And Don Draper very artfully uh, describes how uh, Carousel is a much more magical place because it a uh, magical name because it takes you to places that uh, – a technology oriented branding would not take you. And this philosophy that's sort of captured here by Kodak really, really gets that it's about being moved. It's about, you know, uh, magic, the magic of, uh, of photography and, and capturing a
0: moment in time. Yeah, that's really neat. So the the two immediate things that um, this is really making me think about or want to comment on is so first and foremost, um, we'll make sure that we get the video that Dave's talking about thrown in the show notes. It's, for anybody who works with other people, which I think is just about everybody I have ever met, um, for anybody who does that, I highly recommend you watch this uh, this video clip. It, it it will create a deeper sense within you for how to just evoke emotion within somebody when you're trying to either sell them on a, on an idea or explain something to them. So it's a fantastic clip. We'll get that in the show notes.
1: So clearly this this camera phone is going to have video capability here. Just based on this, it's it talks about shooting in 4k video and so you start to wonder, is there, is there a motion film angle here that may yet be coming uh, with Kodak? It's interesting to think about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, that uh, quote on the, on the front of their page, as we're dissecting this company and we're understanding it, you know, that to me really tells me and knowing Jeff Clark's background, that to me tells me that they are much more focused on filling a purpose within their their consumers' lifestyles around just bringing a lot of these images to life. And so how they do that, I think, is going to be in many different ways as I'm hearing about this phone that's photography first that can shoot in 4K, a moments app that will bring photos uh, directly to your door. They recently developed an app that I think they launched in either Sydney or Singapore where they will, they can, it's like the Angie's list for photographers where you set up an event and a photographer comes, takes pictures and immediately sends them to your house There's the Super 8 film uh, recorder. So to me, it's not necessarily a product that they're probably centered around. It's more about how do we capture these images of life and bring them back to people. And what I think is really awesome about that or uh, really inspirational about that is somewhere along this journey, they must have found their purpose. Because I don't think that as a company, unless you've really understood what your purpose is, you can... Look at your consumers and say, "I'm going to help people transition their memories into life."
1: I agree, I agree. And then, what remains to be seen is can they do that successfully in in the context of a public, uh, publicly traded business?
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot that um, Jeff Clark has ahead of him. I mean, he said in a recent interview that he feels like he's only scratching the surface. And as I think about who they're going to have to compete against as they pursue this type of path. You know, you look at, it's going to be everybody from Instagram to, in some cases, Stratasys. It's going to be everybody from Snapchat to uh, Canon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's across the board, they're going to be playing against people who are already entrenched in those industries and do some things very well.
1: Well, as a photo enthusiast, I just want to say I would love to uh, to test this out for Kodak if they're looking for uh, a market. Um, I, I don't know if you'd volunteer as well. but
0: Oh, absolutely. Kodak, if you want to send any of these phones to uh, the Think Twice podcast, we are more than happy to. Please just send us an email.
1: And we'll be glad to send them back someday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. With, uh, with our memories.
1: And and advice for improvements.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So I think I think I'm excited for the future. Yeah,
1: it's it's cool to see. You know, if you'd asked me three months ago if I expected to see this coming out of Kodak, I'm not sure I would have. I, I would have not have had the energy I have today, seeing what I've seen the last last few weeks.
0: Yeah, me as well.
1: Awesome, but Kodak, we're gonna put you back on the map.
0: Yes, Kodak's coming back on the map. Uh, be sure to please comment. Uh, on the podcast if there's anything that you liked or disliked or please feel free to either share maybe your favorite photos or share your favorite memories of Kodak. We'd love to hear them all. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening. Until next time.
1: To think about that, people have, like, yeah, there are many people who don't know what Kodak oh, yeah. is. It's crazy. Yeah. We should, uh, we should ask some some of our colleagues who are, you know, fresh out of school <laughs> what their memories sure. of Kodak would be.
0: I bet, I mean, even some of the people who are just out of school probably don't because, I mean, if it was if it was 2003 for me that this digital transition happened, that would have been. These people were 10. Two, 2000, yeah, 2000 for them. They would have been, yeah, they would have been about 10. Wow. What? <laughs>
1: And that's how it goes. I'll ask my kids. I'm sure they don't know anything about it.